I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, hello there, and you join us here today with a very, very difficult question to answer. Rolex, Omega, Casio, Patek Philippe, Seiko, which of these is the most iconic watch brand in the entire world? Tom, there's a lot of weight on our shoulders today because we are going to determine the best watch brand in the entire world. It's going to be the end of the conversation. No more questions asked. This is the determiner. Are you ready to make history? I will try. It's a tough one. I hope I don't F it up. We probably will. I think that's our style. Let's demonstrate how we are going to F it up exactly through five different categories. We aren't just going to guess at these. We're going to guess at them in five different ways. Each brand we're going to rate for quality, how iconic it is, what its history is like, what kind of street cred it's got, and value for money. We'll pack all of those together and it will give us a score at the end which will rate these watch brands from best to least best. I've got butterflies. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Let's jump straight into Rolex. Probably the most famous brand that makes watches in the entire world. Rolex has worked very hard to get that reputation because it's not the oldest. It was founded in 1905. That's fairly recently by watch brand standards. It has a load of different inventions that it claims to be the first of, but it it wasn't the first of. It just kind of packaged them together and made them the most uh, well thought through. This is a bit like Apple, is how I kind of pitch it. They didn't invent it, but they packaged it best. They marketed it in a way that was much more well communicated to the kinds of people who would buy them. How does that pitch Rolex to you in your mind? Being on the cutting edge and being the first to do something is very impressive, but if it's not cool, then it doesn't really matter. Rolex comes along and does it coolest. For better or worse, that resonates with people (laughs) a lot more, I think. People might hold that as a criticism against Rolex, but honestly, I think it's using their nous. They didn't have the advantage of being there for a long time before with the other brands like Omega and Protect Fleet, the people we're going to look at. But what they did was actually take a look at what do people want? And they made that. And I don't think you can really penalise them for that. They're making the stuff that people want and packaging it up in a way that gets them excited. Even to this day, it is part of a very well-rounded brand, I think. Now, if you look at their core offering, it's very clean and their catalogue is very concise and they're not afraid to cut some some watches from the team if they're not performing as they'd like. They run a tight ship, don't they, when it comes to their image and their product. Yeah, it's always been about brand, hasn't it? And as a brand, they were way ahead of their competitors. 
So let's give them some scores. Let's look at quality. They have not been a high quality brand up until very, very recently, even in our generation when they changed the rattly bracelets to the solid ones with good clasps. And even then, the modern watches aren't examples of real high quality watchmaking. When you take the whole brand overall, it's never been about that. I think that score is going to reflect that. Yeah, but again, their messaging makes it seem high quality. You know, they've got all these wonderful fused materials like roller saw and whatever. Actually, no, that's just two materials side by side, isn't it? Yeah, but don't you want it though? Yeah, it looks shiny. Okay, seven? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Always start with a seven. Get your, get your benchmark in. Well, I think we're not going to have any arguments on the next category. How iconic is Rolex? When you ask anyone, name a luxury watch, they will say Rolex, won't they? <laughs> Iconic. Ten. Yep. History. Now, this is interesting because they have done some really great things first. They beat Omega to the dive watch categories, like the Ploperoff was a heavily engineered thing, but it was too slow. It didn't come out in time. But then also, as we've discussed, Rolex didn't necessarily invent stuff. They just repackaged it in a way that sounded best and put it on the wrist of people who are interesting. But that's still part of their story, and it's one of the most interesting, in my experience, stories to tell. Because it's not just, and then they made a watch that does this, and then they made a watch that does that. They're all people stories, which are often the most interesting. So I think, not the longest history, not the most prestigious, but a very, very interesting one. Yeah, not the first Swiss watch to be forged in the fires of Mont Blanc or whatever, but... <laughs> Shortly after. Eight. Sounds good. Street cred. Everyone wants a roly, 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 don't they? Someone walks in with a Rolex and, you know, you'll hear a load of plates clatter and the player piano will stop and everyone will turn and look. <laughs> That's street cred. That's a solid 10. Value, Tom. Now, this is always an interesting one when it comes to Rolex because the prices are high, but the residuals are incredible. That really depends on whether or not you're thinking about it as a long-term purchase for keeps or something that you might upgrade from. Because people can buy a Rolex at RRP, enjoy it for a bit, sell it for a lot of profit, and then get something even more expensive and even more interesting. The residuals thing doesn't impress me. If you can get a Rolex for RRP, that is great value because a Rolex brand is, is very, very valuable at the minute. It's hot property. But are the watches good value for what you actually get? I don't know. I'd say it's probably about a seven. Let's give it a good old non-committal seven. Moving on to Omega. This is a very different story, surprisingly. These two brands, you might pitch one against the other as being very similar. But Omega was founded over half a century before, in 1848. They invented much of the way modern uh, watches are made, producing them in a factory process rather than pieces made all over the place and not fitting properly. It was Omega that established the idea that parts didn't need to be modified to fit in a movement, that you could have something of high enough quality and accuracy that it could just be assembled. Of course, we've got Moonwatch as well. And then, of course, we've got some of the amazing quality that they have. They've adopted the coaxial escapement. They have those very elegantly sculpted cases. So... It's a shame that Omega is often sort of referred to in the same breath as Rolex, because I think it is a really great brand in and of itself. Their catalogue perhaps isn't as strong, hasn't maybe got as many heavy hitters as Rolex, but the pieces that they do have, the Seamaster 300, the Speedmaster Moonwatch, like you said, those are really, really great watches. Some of the best watches ever made. 
Yeah, and you mentioned with Rolex how cohesive it all is, how good the branding is, and I think that's where Omega falls down. Mm. It's a bit too muddled, it's a bit too clunky, it doesn't feel confident in itself. So you, the purchaser, feel like, oh, I'm not buying something as tightly put together as an entire experience, even if the product is actually better and much cheaper as well, with the Speedmaster, say, being half the price of a Daytona and much more iconic. How does that come together in scores? Let's have a look. So quality, I think, is higher than Rolex. Not much, but enough. Yeah, it's got flourishes of elegance and design details there that Rolex doesn't really tend to go near. Let's give that an 8 out of 10. How iconic is it? It's got things like James Bond attached to it, which some people might say makes it more iconic and others might say makes it less so. Even though it's existed longer than Rolex, I don't think it can pip it for being quite so recognisable. What are you thinking? I'm thinking a strong 8, maybe a 9. I don't know. Let's go 8. History. I think there's one word. Moonwatch. That's a great yarn, isn't it? They made the watch that went to the moon. How's that for your history? (laughs) That's all you need, isn't it? Well, back in 18 blah blah blah, we invented the factories and a bit. Moon. Last one to the moon's a wiener. I'm giving that a 10. Street cred. Now, this is where I think things get a little bit flaky because... James Bond watches. I don't think flaky. I think Omega's a great character for watches. I don't think anyone would turn down their nose at someone wearing an Omega. Far from it. They're fantastic. What do you think then? Uh, Nine. Nine. Right. Okay. Nine. Value for money. We're talking half the price of the equivalent Rolexes. I think some things like the Seamaster are getting a bit close to the Submariner, but it does present better value than Rolex. Yeah, I think you can get a classic, iconic, luxury Swiss watch for medium luxury Swiss money. So, eight? Well, however, oh, you have to throw into the mix here, and I know you won't like it, but the residuals aren't as strong as Rolex. I think that brings the eight down to a seven. Yeah, okay, fine. If you get a dive watch, there shouldn't be any residue. <laughs> Our next brand might not be one you're expecting, but let me explain. This is Casio. Yes, it was only founded in 1946. And yes, Casio's first invention was a small finger ring that allowed its wearer to hands-free smoke a cigarette at their desk all the way down to the nub. (laughs) But maybe this is a generational thing, but I think for you and I, Casio has played a very, very important part in our lives. I'm talking... F91W. I'm talking calculator watch. I'm talking Ellen Ripley's watch in the film Alien. I'm talking that one watch that one kid had that had the remote control on it that could turn tellies on through the windows of Dixon's. For me, Casio is an icon of my life and I think the lives of many people. It didn't do anything so fantastical that it gets to wear the crown like Rolex does, but it's so prevalent and so important that I think it deserves a place in this category. Absolutely. If you remove the prerequisites luxury and Swiss, you can't have a conversation about iconic watches without talking about Casio. Everyone has owned a Casio, or at least found one at some point, (laughs) and they're still so prevalent. Before the Apple Watch came about and the might of Apple behind it, the Casio F91W was the most sold watch in the world. Regardless, they still make 3 million every year. 3 million. That's one watch 
that outputs three times as much as the entire Rolex production for a year. Let's do the scores. Quality. It doesn't have high levels of finishing, Geneva striping and polishing and all that sort of stuff. But but they're, you know, they're tough, they're robust watches. You know, they might be a bit plasticky, but they're durable and they work. Yeah, let's not forget the G-Shock collection. There's a reason that those watches are so prevalent in the armed forces because they're affordable, but most of all, because they can withstand pretty much everything short of a direct explosion. I think that gives it some credibility when it comes to quality, but we still have to acknowledge that ultimately the finish isn't as good. So let's give it, I would say, a five. Sure, yeah. Now, how iconic is Casio? For me, it was my first watch. It's one of my strongest prevailing memories of owning a watch. It's probably the watch that I've owned for the longest. It's the watch that I bought again. It's very iconic for me. Is it for everyone else? I think it's as iconic as a Rolex, but just for completely different reasons. Are you saying a full-blown 10? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. History. I think that's where it falls down a little bit for Casio because, well, it's only existed since 1946. However, Casio has been an instrumental part of the technological development of the office, specifically, making electronic typewriters and calculators and calculators with memory and scientific this, that and the other. All of the kinds of things that we probably begrudge having because it means we have to do more work, but nevertheless change the landscape completely. Watches are a big part of that, but it's not the same as Rolex inventing whatever or Omega putting a watch on the moon. Yeah, it's a recent history, isn't it? And it's it's a sort of humble history, isn't it? It's been ticking along in the background, helping us play keyboards and do sums and stuff. Six? Let's give it a six. That's nice. A little bit of nostalgia there. Nostalgia counts as history. Street cred. Probably some people that would sneer at you for wearing a Casio... But you shouldn't waste your time on those people because there are just as many people that would give you a high five for wearing a Casio as well. I very much agree with that. I think the return of Casio, kind of digging into some of the 80s vibe that's been floating around recently, but also the idea of being able to afford a watch that's colourful and fun and interesting that doesn't cost very much. There's even a whole branch of people who buy them specifically because they aren't expensive as a bit of anti-capitalist, I'm going to wear the cheapest watch. So it really appeals to so many different people in so many different ways. You'll see someone with a collection with Patek Philippe's and stuff with a Casio in there too. How much more credible can you get than everyone has one? I want to give that a 10. Do you disagree? I was going to say 8. Okay, 9 then. <laughs> That's how it works. Value. Um, the F91W is quite literally the cheapest watch that you can buy and realistically expect to last more than five minutes in the entire world. Value doesn't come any better than that. I'm going to throw this at you right now. Are you sitting down? 11 out of 10. Oh my god. Fair enough. Now, to flip things into a completely different direction, we're going to talk about Patek Philippe. Now, Patek Philippe is one of the holy trinity of watchmakers and probably sits at the top of the trinity. It's the guy in the middle with the two others sat either side. Founded in 1839, which is ages ago, they invented loads of stuff, like the real basics of how a watch works. They were the guys who decided that a crown should probably wind and set. 
that you shouldn't need keys for doing all of those things separately. Put it all into one. That was them. That was those guys. They did it first. They even invented, because it's not just all about the classic stuff, they carried on innovating. They even invented the first electronic clock. They had those high-end, very expensive electronic clocks in airports, railway stations, all sorts of kinds of places that needed very accurate timing. And of course, today you've still got the advanced research department using things like compliant mechanisms and high-tech materials to move watchmaking forward even further. So they encompass everything. High complication, high technology, huge history, all of the things in one. Tom, what's your take on Patek Philippe? They are often regarded as the very highest tier of watchmaking, aren't they? Their watches are exquisitely finished, brimming with complications, and very, very expensive. They certainly are very expensive, and I think that will be one of the sticking points for this particular brand in this particular conversation. So let's have a look at these categories. Quality. I would immediately pitch Patek Philippe as a quality of 10 out of 10. Now there are watch brands that finish their watches ever so slightly higher, but I'm talking the nichest of the nichest of the niche. The people that no one's really heard of. And I think that means that those guys are going to be the 11 out of 10s, the real exceptions. But for me, Patek Philippe just demonstrates to the mainstream the pinnacle of watchmaking. It's the high watermark has been set by Patek Philippe. We'll give them a 10. Woohoo! How iconic is a Patek Philippe? Now, if I were to talk about a Calatrava, it is the watch that defined what a wristwatch looks like. Round, straps, slim, elegant. But if we then spoke about the Nautilus, that's the watch that made everyone go crazy, especially with a certain minty fresh dial. It's an iconic brand. It really is. Those are heavy hitting watches other watches aspire to be. They're so iconic that their leader, Thierry Stern, has basically poo-pooed the Nautilus for being too popular and withdrew the steel version and reintroduced it in a much more expensive white gold. That's how iconic this brand is, that it can get away with doing stuff like that. Your watches are so popular, you have to just take them away, saying, no more, you've had enough. This is just too iconic. It's diminishing the rest of the brand. Rovio actually did a similar thing with Angry Birds recently on the App Store. So that's the sort of scale we're talking about. <laughs> I think that's a 10. What do you reckon? Go on then. History. Well, we mentioned that it did a lot of firsts. We mentioned that it's been around longer than time itself. And it stayed the course. There's never been a moment in its history where it's not fighting to be top dog. It's always doing something. I reckon 10. Do you? <gasps> Street cred. Now, for me, I think very, very high quality. Yes, very iconic. Yes, lots of history. But I think that stuff is only really observed by people that know about watches. When you broaden out the net, Patek Philippe is quite niche in, in regards to you're a peasant, so you don't know about Patek Philippe sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. It's quite a lofty, aspirational brand. And as such, maybe doesn't get as much recognition from the wider public. It's a highly desirable item, but perhaps not as recognised as everything that goes into it might suggest. I'd agree with you for the most part. Most of the classical watches they produce and the vintage pieces would completely fly under the radar. You could be wearing a minute repeat of Patek Philippe and most people would just think you've got an old Timex on. However, there are a few pieces that they make, like the Tiffany Nautilus, that have so much street cred. They are so insanely desirable that they manage to do the best of both. They've got their 
insta piece, but then they've also got their enthusiast piece at both ends of the scale. They've managed to do both. So I think it's a 10 for street cred. Oh my God. Right. I think this is where it's all going to fall down, Tom. Value. Yeah. The price of entry for a Patek Philippe is £20,000 plus, £25,000. Not huge value. <laughs> it's not so much a barrier to entry as it is a, a full mountain to entry. Yeah. I would say six. Okay. To flip-flop again to the complete other end of the scale, I'm going to throw one last brand at you, Tom. This is Seiko. Now, the details are a little bit more interesting than you might expect of a brand that we all anticipate makes cheap quartz watches. Seiko was founded in 1881. Now, if you're paying attention, you will realise that that is before Rolex by quite some time, almost a quarter of a century. Seiko beat the Swiss to the most accurate movement in the chronometer trials. They were pitching in the various different competitions to see who had the most accurate watch and finally won, and the Swiss no longer wanted to play. But not only that, it lost out the mechanical movement that Seiko had made to the Swiss for the most accurate movement because the Swiss had entered a quartz movement. But still, Seiko beat the Swiss to the market with the first saleable quartz movement, the Astron, and actually did some real damage to the whole Swiss watch industry. That's some power right there. And of course, never mind just cheap quartz watches, they also are home to Grand Seiko and Crador as well, some of the best watches in the entire world. I think it's going to look good for Seiko. Everyone knows about Seiko. They do some very affordable pieces, but they do some very luxurious pieces as well that are really elegantly put together. They do it all, don't they? They really do. If you want to, you can spend $500. You can also spend $500,000. And both of those watches will be equally good value. It's why Seiko is really such a universal brand for people, because you can enter with Seiko when you don't have much money. And as you earn a bit more money, you can move up the ranks to better quality Seiko and into Grand Seiko. And if you really want to, you can go the full hog with a properly handmade, very, very elegant Cradle. I think we're going to have a surprisingly high score here. So let's have a look. Quality. This is a tricky one because an entry-level Seiko is, is okay. But if you're talking about a Grand Seiko or a Cradle, can we pile them all into this one brand, do you think? Even if you were to take it at its base Seiko, they're well put together, they're, they're tried and tested, and they're easily serviceable. So in terms of quality, like they're very, very reliable. You can't go wrong, really, because there's no risk at the other end of the scale. The, you know, the, the Grand Seikos and the Cradors even, are just the, the quality is off the charts. In a controversial move, I'm going to include the full range of Seiko pieces here. So for quality... We're talking about Cradle, we're talking about Grand Seiko Kodo. For me, that's a 10. Go for it. How iconic is Seiko, Grand Seiko, Cradle, that group? That is a very iconic brand. There'd be a Seiko hologram in the sky in Blade Runner, wouldn't there, when we get there? <laughs> it somehow managed to be a hugely high-volume, mass-produced brand that also has a cult following, which is unheard of. Usually it's niche stuff, low volume, that has a cult following, and they've done both. Not to mention Grand Seiko, of course, which has its very, very dedicated followers who are real ambassadors for the brand. I wouldn't say it's up there as a 10 for being iconic, but I think it's certainly a solid 8. Yeah, sounds good. History. I think if we were talking about any individual creation that it has made that has really hit a headline, perhaps not so much for the sheer good old British try. 
even though it's not British, it has done so much at such volume, at such quality. Yeah, I think it's got great history. I mean, it created a crisis. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a very good point. What do you reckon? I think nine. That's a bold nine. Street cred. Seiko on the street does have a little bit of a reputation for being a cheap quartz watch. Yeah, but like you said, I think it's got the cult following. I think it's sort of similar to a Casio in, in that regard. Seven? Seven it is. I think I agree with that. It does have that cult following, but overall it's just an unobtrusive watch that people aren't going to notice, even if you buy a cradle. Yeah. And value, value for money at any point of this brand. Seiko, Grand Seiko, Cradle, we're always looking at watches that give you more than you'd expect for the price, particularly in terms of quality. I think this rate's really high. It's an entry-level piece. You know, you can get very, very high-quality watchmaking for 200 bucks, And that is great value. It certainly is. That gives you 10. 10! Woo! We have ranked those five brands, and here's how the scores came out. At number five, we're looking at Casio. I think that's fair enough. They've done a huge amount for you and I and many others, but they're not ranking incredibly high in terms of their duration and their innovations. But still a very good score at 41. Coming in at joint third and fourth is Rolex and Omega. I didn't expect that, but they are tied. Hmm. The two are neck and neck at 42 points each. And then in at number two is Seiko. Really impressive. So much good stuff coming from that particular brand. There's something for everyone. And of course, that incredible well-roundedness is going to give it a very well-rounded score of 44. But of course, the number one brand, it's top of the trio and it's top of this list as well. With 46 points with an almost perfect score, it is Patek Philippe. Oh yeah, well, well-deserved. I mean... When you're thinking about famous watch brands, iconic watches, as our subcategories illustrate, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. And it kind of shaked out to be quite a close contest. So they're all iconic in their own right, but uh, Patek ever so slightly more. Well, there you go, dear viewer and listener. Do you agree with the rankings that we gave these brands? Would you in fact swap one of those brands out with another? Let us know in the comments down below. Thank you so much for watching. Please do like and subscribe if you're enjoying this format. We've enjoyed putting it together very much. We'd love to do more and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 